Welcome back to another episode of A Real Page Turner with Donnie Granza and Mara Maros. And tonight we have a special guest. And tonight we are going to talk about a, I guess we'll call it a classic, although it feels like that's underscoring it a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) The Odyssey by Homer and the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So Donnie, I will let you inform on the movie. The movie is from uh, 2000 uh, and it was written uh, produced, co-edited, and directed by the great filmmaking teams of all time, uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Stars George Clooney, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson. Also features John Goodman and Charles Durning in supporting roles. The film was a bit of a success, grossing uh, over $71 million at the box office and uh, much critical acclaim, including Oscar nominations for its screenplay and cinematography. <laughs> And so we have our friend with us, Adam Gogolski tonight, who has been a friend of mine for too many years. We shouldn't give it away how old we are. Um, And he is the author of a fabulous book called The Wielding Word. And um, we are thrilled to have him. And Adam, this was your suggestion. So, you know, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to do The Odyssey. (laughs) It's a little light reading. And, um, oh, brother, where art thou? Well, I got to say, it, it was, I think it was more I wanted to do oh brother where art thou and and that just happens to kind of be be related to the Odyssey but I mean both I I, I love the movie and I I love the book and you know I, we were just saying um, I read the Odyssey you know back in college and now with my two kids read the illustrated version many many times and it's just so nice that it aligns really, really well with Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which is like my favorite movie of all time as well. So it's kind of a, it's a family thing for, for us here in the Gogolski household. Very nice. I did, you know what? I did pick up the illustrated copy at the library and maybe I should have because I <laughs> definitely don't remember. The, the graphic novel. I, I did. Maybe. I needed the graphic novel and I don't remember reading this in college and I don't remember reading it in high school and my kids have had to. And I actually said to someone, why are they still torturing people with this in high school? <laughs> when, I, when I was trying to slough through it. But I don't remember having to read this ever. I don't know about you, Donnie. Did you have to read it? I believe I did read it like in high school. What what year it was? I don't remember. I do. As I was reading it, I was like, okay, this is triggering some like deep-seated memories. Of it. Well, the, the Odyssey, oh. could, it could be like the the world's first like sequel because you know there's the Iliad which mm-hmm. is the first part which is this this big war of, of Troy and it's Odysseus who comes up with this great idea to build that Trojan horse which everybody hides in and they pull it into Troy and then they sneak out and they burn the city and then you know that's its own thing and then you got the Odyssey, which is written, well, I guess told after because back in those days, it was all just uh, the oral tradition. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, today you always think of sequels, you know, any good movie is definitely going to have a sequel because it makes money. But, you know, here we are looking way back in time and 
And uh, maybe that was true back then too. I had never seen Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I had heard about it and I don't remember ever seeing it. And we were watching it. My husband's like, I have seen this. And I'm like, mm, still doesn't sound, still doesn't seem familiar to me, but I really did like it. I was like, oh, this is, you know, one, I didn't realize it was, it was George Clooney and I thought he was great in it, but I, I did really like it. I just, I don't remember ever seeing it. I don't know why, um, but I really liked it. I remember when the film came, came out, I was a kid, um, 12 years old at the time. And there was so much attention, not so much paid to the movie, but to the soundtrack. Like it was like real acclaimed and it actually won the Grammy award for not just, not just best, like album from a movie or country album or anything the best overall album at the grammy awards oh really and yeah yeah and what year was that like late 90s yeah it would have been like 2000 2001 oh, okay. or something yeah. so and uh i remember um i think my dad for his like birthday or christmas present we bought him the soundtrack even though he hadn't seen the movie he just really liked the the music and the oh yeah song. all the old, old timey classics you are my sunshine and yeah. angel band and the the uh, man of constant sorrow that's just like yes. i don't know if they wrote that for the movie but it's it's a it's a classic yeah i remember i've always been a big country music fan for years and i remember at the time when i was that age i would watch like the country music uh tv cmt all the time like when i come home from school we just watch music videos and the, like the video from man of constant sorrow like interspersed with scenes from the movie was on constantly it was uh, it was like the number one video for like a month or a month or two or something and i mean I, i'm i'm not a country fan <laughs> nor nor even like gospel music or anything i do like bluegrass and i mean it's mm -hmm. such a great like compilation of like that appalachian sound i mean my my younger daughter plays the violin but she started playing the fiddle which we always say like is a is a violin with attitude and she would play you know irish and bluegrass and you know my kids kind of grew up listening to that album and i think you know i mean there those tunes are just so approachable we probably you know yeah. you sing them to your kids without even knowing yeah very true and who's the like female lead was that holly hunter yeah yeah, she she was very good. And my husband's like, "Wait, who is that?" And I'm and because you know, so old, and you're used to seeing her now. And I'm like, "I was like, oh, that's Holly Hunter, and she was, you know, very good too." But so I don't think a lot of people know that this is kind of based, you know, kind of loosely on the Odyssey. So like, how a little bit does that translate? Like in in your mind, Adam, like how does that like make like kind of what are some of the similarities? Well, I mean, Holly Hunter, her in in the movie, her character's name is. Penny. So she's Penelope. That's that's Odysseus's wife. Uh, and Penelope in, in the Odyssey was left at home when Odysseus and all the other kings went to go out and sack Troy. So she was left for 20 plus years in Ithaca. And everybody thought that Odysseus died because after, after Troy was sacked, all the Greek kings sailed home, but Odysseus never made it home. And that is the story of the Odyssey. Why didn't he get home? And he didn't get home because of his own pride and his own soldiers were sort of, you know, they, they didn't follow his orders and he, he had all these mythical adventures. Um, but I mean, which I think is like super interesting is that you get like this secondary story of Penelope at home, you know, playing the role of queen 
But of course, you know, you, you can't have a queen without a king for very long because there is all these riches and she has her kingdom uh, to mind. And uh, she has her, her young son, Telemachus, also to look after, but he's not old enough to be the king. So there's all these suitors. Um, and so in the Odyssey, these suitors are like super disrespectful. They're eating all her food and drinking all her wine and breaking all her stuff. And um, she just wants to get them out. So she just kind of like keeps, I think there's like this like weaving that she keeps undoing every day. She, she does a little bit and then she undoes it. So she's kind of like saying, I'll pick a, I'll pick a, a you know, the suitor, my next king when I'm done with this weaving, but she never finishes. So in the movie, she actually has one main suitor. I can't remember. I, yeah. Walt Waldrip or something. He's, he's kind of like the, uh, this up and coming campaign manager for, um, I don't, I don't know. I think it's, uh, the, the, the KKK, uh, yeah. guy who's. I think he was a governor. I think it was for the governor. I think that, right. I think it was for Hol- the governor. Homer Stokes. That it was Homer oh, yes. Stokes. That was his name. Yeah. So he was, he was sort of running against the governor. Um, and he had this brilliant, you know, suitor who's like, uh, you know, kind of guiding his campaign. They had like a little, a little man with the, with the broom because they're like sweeping Mississippi clean. So, you know, that's sort of the, the Penelope aspect. And, um, you know, in the book, she was trying to keep them at bay. Whereas in the movie, she was ready to say good riddance to Ulysses Everett McGill, who is, you know, the George Clooney, uh, Odysseus character. Ulysses and Odysseus are the same. It's just the the Roman and the Greek version of of the name, but she was ready to be done with him almost. And you know that she still loves him. I mean, when yeah. they when they meet in the store for the first time, and he gets close to her, you know, there's there's that little spark there, which is great. And then there's like the the, the boxing match, which you know the suitor Ver- Vernon is like a you know professional boxer <laughs> and punches him out. I thought that was funny, and I you know, and you said that about, and she does kill him off. Like she has told her children he was killed by a train. Right? Yeah, the best thing that ever happened to you was getting killed by that train. Right. And so like, you know, it does kind of follow that trajectory where people think he's dead. I mean, his children, the wife knows he's not dead, yeah. but all his kids think he's dead. And then, you know, I guess following the, the Odyssey, you know, they talk about the sirens and there is that whole scene with the women singing, the sirens singing that the three men come to, which leads the one getting, um, you know, taken by the KKK or where that's yeah, right. That's right. right. So, I mean, in, in the book, um, interestingly, Odysseus, like he, he was the only one that he had heard about the sirens. Uh, and he had all his men block their ears with like beeswax and, and wrap cloth around their head, but he wanted to hear the song. So he like lashed himself to the main mast and sailed by so that he could be the only mortal to have ever heard a siren song. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, he was unaffected. And I think because. He just keeps running his mouth off. He he sort of he only hears himself and he loves words. You know, uh in the in the beginning of the movie, you know, he's on the train and and he's asking these like hobos when he's like still shackled to the other two guys, if anybody is skilled in the arts of metallurgy, you know, and everyone's like, What are you talking about? And then they get like thrown out of the train and he keeps running his mouth off and it just keeps getting him. Tra- if he if he just would have pulled the guys in into the yeah. train with them, th- there would have been no story, you know. But you know, with the with the siren he was just talking and it was the other the other uh i think pete was the guy's name uh he was the one that that fell to the sirens it was a gr- it's a great scene with the whiskey and and of course the, the the horny toad after that was her. so funny i was like cracking up i'm like that's really funny and the, you know he's convinced that his brother is 
a toad. <laughs> right. And right. I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. Um, and the John Goodman character, he I, he reminded me of something in the Odyssey, and I'm trying to remember. Like he was he was, was. Uh, the the Cyclops. So he was Cyclops. Yeah, because he had the eye patch. Yep, that's right. And, that, and that's actually another great point where Ulysses, you know, Everett was talking and talking and talking, and you know they bring they bring uh, Big Big Dan T was was John Goodman's character's name. They go outside, they enjoy some fricassee or whatever underneath the big tree and uh big dan t is a bible salesman and he rips a branch off the tree and he smacks everett's companion delmar um and they have the they have pete the the, the frog in a in a box at this point after the siren encounter and everett like can't even understand what big dan's doing because he's so taken by his words and they were having this sophisticated conversation and they and he loves just showing how smart smart he is that he can't even see big dan you know smack delmar across the face like what are you doing big dan <laughs> what are you up to and then yeah. you know of course he gets smacked and and they get their money stolen and poor pete the the frog gets crushed and thrown against the tree and <laughs> i know i was yeah. like that's pretty funny i kind of find like when watching this this film is that it's almost like his little easter eggs like for um from the, the odyssey from the odyssey for sure yeah yeah because it never it took me a while for it to like dawn on me that John Goodman's character was Cyclops and they're like, oh it's like it took me way too long to figure that out. Oh, because he has the eye patch, he only has one eye uh, there. And <laughs> that's very subtle. Yeah, I remember I um uh, as I remember years, years later, like real um hearing that this uh this film was based was somewhat based on the Odyssey and I was like, Oh, I don't really see it and then but harkening back to the uh the sirens is like that was the 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 real clue is like oh yeah i can see the correlation between them so i mean uh, another another favorite book which i don't i don't think they've ever made a movie out of i don't know if they could but you might almost say that every movie every great story is is made out of is um joseph campbell's the hero with a thousand faces i don't know if you guys have ever heard of that but it's a it's a classic really just just exposition of any any great myth can be kind of boiled down to like three sections the departure of the hero the initiation into this wider world and then imparting uh or the earning or the the winning of this like gift which then the hero will take back into his or her community for the betterment of everybody and and, and every like great tale can like kind of like dine out on on different elements you know, Joseph Campbell was a big, like, George Lucas fan, and George Lucas, you know, like, based Star Wars, and on, well, I don't know if he based it on, but I mean, Star Wars is, like, a great example of, like, something that just, like, fits, like, very well into this paradigm, but, you know, there's, like, you know, the call to adventure, and then, like, the refusal to, like, you know, uh, of the call, you know, which, you know, you see even in, in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, where Pete and Everett are, like, arguing in the dark, you know, who's going to be the leader, and, you know, Everett has to come up with this, like, oh, we're going to we're going to get two million dollars or one point two million dollars. And, you know, that's sort of like the enticing for this this treasure. Um, and then, you know, just just going through different tests and ordeals. And, you know, there's always a descent into the underworld, you know, and, and if we if you think about like the KKK scene, that is that is the the underworld, you know, and of course, they they meet the Cyclops there and they meet the Homer Stokes character, the 
the governor or the the you know the whatever his his uh, adversary was um you know he's kind of like the grand wizard but you know all these things kind of happen even even to the point of like death and resurrection when you know the the three of this three of them go to like find the ring and then i mean they're they're basically about to hang you know and there they are they're they're dead. And then the, the big flood, of course, comes and, you know, they're all underwater, you know, which is just from a, a visual, you know, perspective is just like super rich. I loved that. <laughs> they're, scene. Fly, they're floating around in the dog and everything, you know, I mean, they're dead. Um, yeah. And then they come back. And then, you know, there's the there's the prophecy, which, you know, in in the Odyssey, there was like this, this blind seer, his name was Tiresias. And I know I'm going super deep, but you know, it's just one of my favorite books as well. And you know, you start the movie with like this, this guy on the railroad tracks, right? You know, he's like, yes. you know, I work for no man. And he, and you know, he's just going down the, the tracks. Um, that's Tiresias. And he predicts what happens when they go through the underworld. Um, so, I mean, to me, it's just like so rich, uh, yeah. just a wonderful walk through the Joseph Campbell myth and then just bringing it back to, you know, all the way to like the return to like try and find something of, of great value that he doesn't actually like get, he doesn't get the ring. So now he has to go back. And just like in the Odyssey, it, the Odyssey doesn't really end because I, not, not to spoil this for Ibarra, but you know, Odysseus was like a, a, a sailor. And what he was told was in order to like complete your quest, you have to just walk inland until your oar is mistaken for like a threshing rod or something. So like, you know, you're far enough away from the sea. So like the Odyssey doesn't really end mm. and neither does, oh brother, where art thou? Because he doesn't get the right ring. Right. right Cause she's, she's like, that's not my ring. That's like my answering. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but you could tell like, and almost like she's led him astray because she's like, well, I thought it was in the roll top desk. <laughs> you know, you're like, he went through all of this and it's still not like, she's still like basically not happy. But yeah, I, I did love that scene, that underwater scene. Like, I thought that was so good. Like the dog floating by. I'm like, this is really funny. <laughs> um, Like, I thought it was amusing. I'm like, that's really funny. And, you know, I think when you were talking about, you kind of made me think about earlier when you were talking about like the people who blindly kind of who were following Odysseus. You know, we had like Delmar and Pete who were kind of lead following him, but really under false pretenses. Mm. Because as it comes out, you know, uh, Everett's like, oh, I just told you there was treasure. There was really like no treasure. So he's kind of just like really kind of conning them, but he didn't want it to do it on his own. And you realize like they had much more at stake because they were almost done with their sentences. And yeah. then they were being tacked on, which I thought, you know, the end, of course, like tidies that up for us pretty good. But I I thought that was really like funny because I'm like, oh my gosh, like they were just following him. And that's when you see them kind of revolt a little bit. Like, you know, I think it's Delmar who revolt, you know, who kind of stands sure. up to him and revolts a little bit. But I, I thought that was pretty funny. I, um, you know, they kind of just were following him like a, like a soldier would follow what they perceived as their leader, you know, self-appointed leader. He's self, you know, he, 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 you know. He decided for himself that he was going to do this. So I thought it was, that was pretty good. But I, I did, I, I really did like that. The, well, the he movie. was such a con man, you know, I mean, the, and yeah. that's why Penelope left him at, at the beginning because he was like practicing medicine or practicing law. With law. Other yes. And then at the end he said, oh, I, I know a place where I can get like a fake dental license, you know, and she's like, oh, yes. what are you talking about? You know, okay, so he, after all that, he, he didn't really change. 
but we got no, in, at no, some level. He didn't, but I, you know, I thought they were funny. And I, you know, and at the end, like <laughs> when you're talking about like the KKK person, you know, you have the crowd that's really excited that they are integrated because they've saved their friend, the black man from the KKK. And then that's when they kind of get that, that, the, that candidate, that governor candidate is part of the KKK because he says it's a bad thing that they're integrated and it kind of like erupts from there. Oh, what a great scene. It was yeah. such a great scene. Like it was just chaotic and you're like, what is going to happen? And you see the people listening at home too, you know, just, you know, this is the old time radio, you know, because that was the, the Pappy O'Donnell idea is like, we're going to like broadcast, you know, this is mass communication, right? In, in the twenties or, or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, that, that scene was, was wonderful. And I, and I guess I still wonder, you know, Pappy O'Donnell, what, what, what does, what role is he? Is he the old king of the Greeks? Is he Zeus? You know, I mean, whatever the case, Odysseus makes his peace or is brought in back into the fold among the gods, you know, maybe he is Zeus, but I, I, you know, one of the other things that I, I think is just so classic about that scene is in the Odyssey at the end when, you know, Odysseus, it's kind of a grisly part of the book, but, um, you know, he dresses as an old man in order to get into the, the compound where his wife is and all the, all the drunken suitors. And, you know, he's wearing an old robe and he looks like a beggar. And, you know, at the end of the movie, there's George Clooney wearing a beard and they're all sort of in disguise and they're sort of like getting in under these false pretenses. So, you know, he is a rogue, but he uses that to his advantage sometimes. Yeah. And that was funny. And, you know, he, and you're right. I didn't make that like kind of connection, but he was, and he was like winking at his wife, like pulling down the beard just enough. Right. Like, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He thought he was fooling. Like she knew it was him, <laughs> but like, like you know, just he just, case. right. Like he was a little more, cl- he thought he was more clever than he was, but that was pretty funny. Yeah. But I did make that like parallel about the beard and the other character. I just want to say that I thought George Clooney was perfectly cast in this, I think. And and I'm not the biggest fan of him regardless. I thought he was perfectly cast and he kind of just the whole charming, it's sleaziness, I think, um, worked well, worked well with him. So able to turn out the Clooney charm. Yeah, I did like him in this role. I thought he was very good. Well, you know, he's able to like sort of pull off that like that Southern, I don't know, I don't know where he's from, but you know, he he knows like that Southern, like, I don't know, like friendly, goofy, you know, just casual funny he's able to just pull it off really well yeah i liked him and that other the guy who played delmore o'donnell that tim nelson he was very familiar to me too i feel like he's probably and probably because he's more some of these were maybe some of the first things they were in but i thought that he was you know very good yeah yeah and and the um the tim blake nelson character uh yeah, that 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 actually that is Delmar, right? Yeah, that's Delmar. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I mean, some of some of the the lines as well that that he pulls off. I remember, uh, you know, we did not succeed on account of our obstacles. You know, I mean, he's like so great. Yeah, and, and and even like you know some of the like the the old you know the Greek that they pull in, or maybe it's maybe it's Latin, but the the I am the paterfamilias, you know, uh, or he's bona fide. You he's know, they, bona fide. They, they, they that sort, was the one. Like, they pull in that like little Latin there, just yeah, just a little throwback there. And I was like, what is he talking about when he was saying that? <laughs> but that was very clever. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I always like when we do these that are like 
you know, not, you, you can never say like, this was totally like a book based on a movie, right? Cause it's kind of like, it's in my, it's like inspired by portions of it retold in a, in a modern manner, which I think is great. Cause it's, you know, a little bit different than sometimes, you know, what, when we see something in an, almost in an exact translation from a book to a movie where you get to know characters very well and you wonder what their backstory is. And you didn't have to do that with this, right? Cause you kind of know a little bit about it. Yeah. Nothing was missing. You know, I mean, no. they, they, they crafted. They 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 pulled what they needed to pull from the Odyssey in a way that you could enjoy the film without ever making that connection, and it would still be funny, and you could still enjoy the music, and you could still get the story. And who cares, you know, right. about about the the rest? <laughs> right, of exactly. Because you know, there's other things I've gotten pretty heated about. <laughs> Is it, oh, really? Books made to movies, right, oh, no. Daddy? I've I've gotten a little bit heated yes. sometimes, but oh, no, it's, it's interesting. You said a modern retelling when this is supposed to be uh, taking place in 1937. <laughs> <So modern. laughs> well, that was modern times. <laughs> it, it's more modern. <laughs> Close, closest yeah. to modern. Yeah, I, I, I always love when we do um, uh, stuff like this and on our podcast, like like we did like Clovis, which is based off the Jane Eyre book. So <laughs> it's um, really interesting when like being inspired by, as opposed to the direct adaptations. Was there anything else out of that you wanted to cover? Because you you obviously know both these topics in- incredibly well. You should like I, teach on I, the Odyssey because I had no agenda. It would be more inter- it would be more entertaining, I think, for you know the high school kids you teaching it than I mean I don't know how they're teaching it, so I can't say that. But we be more entertaining to discuss it. Than- <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they're doing a great job teaching. I'm sure they no, are. I'm, I'm good. This but, this was a lot of fun, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I, this was great. I mean, I feel like I know the Odyssey so much better by like, listening to you. Uh, I need like because I said I need like the cliff note version. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and doing this. It it was a lot of fun and yes, for you. suggesting a movie that I've never seen. So thank you, Donnie. Anything from you? No, no. no thank you, Adam. This has been great. Thank. I appreciate it. (laughs) Until next time, listener, keep reading. Keep watching.